like you said, it's, it's by leading by action and kind of walking that walk and talking the talk and stop stopping the narrative that we aren't good at money or we don't understand money. And like, I went to school for accounting. I was like, I should know how to do these things. I had, like you said, so much judgment on myself. I'm like, why don't I know this? Like I took finance classes. I should understand this. Um, but I didn't. And if I don't understand that, imagine what someone in the different professions that have no knowledge of, of financial services or money, like what that might feel like for them. I'm sure it's so overwhelming. Welcome to The First 10 Years, a career podcast focused on learning from our past to propel us into the future. I'm your host, Daniel Doolin. I'm a communications professional, career and finance writer, and a career changer. But most importantly, I'm fascinated by work and how it fits into the bigger picture of life. I love to ask questions and want to know everything there is to know about how to have a successful and fulfilling career. On The First 10 Years podcast, I'll reflect on my career journey thus far and invite other professionals and experts into the conversation so we can learn together how to turn the first 10 years of our career into a foundation for our ideal future. Hello, my beautiful humans, and welcome to episode four of the first 10 years podcast. I am so excited for today's conversation because so far we've talked a lot about careers, and today I get to dig into another topic that's near and dear to my heart, and that's money and finances. But before we get into the conversation, I wanted to take a moment to thank all of you for your support, for listening and rating and reviewing. It truly means the world to me. I feel every single review that comes through, every follow on Instagram, every like, it means so much to me. This has just been a passion, passion project for me that's coming right from my heart. And to know that it's resonating with people and they're listening, it truly means the world to me and you all have been so amazing and i wanted to give a shout out to one of the reviews i received and someone said that the first 10 years podcast was a new point of view that danielle's journey in her first 10 years is inspiring for all especially those looking to change careers i'm excited to see what guests come along to discuss their careers danielle is well spoken clear and offers some fun anecdotes so thank you for the reviewer of that message on Apple Podcasts. Like I said, it truly means the world. I do read every single one that comes through, all of the ratings and reviews, and it just makes my day. So if you've been enjoying this content, please um, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening because I will see it and it will it will make my day. And I hope these podcasts make your day as well. Um, but so today's conversation, I'm joined by Ashley Russo. And Ashley is a wealth management advisor at Northwestern Mutual, who's built her own firm with a mission to enhance financial confidence and education for women around the world. She's ranked in the top 3% of advisors currently working at Northwestern Mutual and is a frequent public speaker on financial literacy. We get into a lot of great stuff in this conversation, starting with her early career, what her experience looked like to become financially literate, and what it looked like to build a diverse firm at Northwestern Mutual. It's just been a great conversation. I am love digging into um, career and money topics, and I'm excited to be finally get to hit on that money side of the wheelhouse this week. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Ashley. But thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to, to talk with you and learn more about you. Yes, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having yes. me. Yes, and you're joining us from California? 
I am sunny, finally sunny West Coast. Awesome. Yeah, it's finally fall here in the Carolinas and I'm here for it. It's it's yeah. not humid. It's cool. This is like the time that I come alive. So <laughs> I don't know. California below 70. I get kind of um, scared. So <laughs> are you originally from California? Yes. Yeah. You know, we wear Uggs when, um, when it gets windy. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, thank you for joining me. I'm so excited to learn more about you and your career and to dive into your expertise, but I always like to start my conversations by learning more about the guests and where their career started. So, um, I'd love to know what your first 10 10 years of your career looked like, starting with what you wanted to be when you grew up. Ooh, fun question. Um, so I grew up in LA, so everything was, you know, Hollywood, all of that was a big deal. So singing, dancing, anything on camera. Um, but at a very young age, I had to take care of my mom and she passed away when I was super young. Um, so that had a huge influence on me wanting and needing to take care of myself. Um, so when I was introduced to Northwestern Mutual, I found a career that not only helped me create financial security, but also helped others find financial security. And I was so thankful. I felt like I found my dream job. I still feel that way to this day. I'm so sorry to hear about your mom, but I'm, I'm glad there was some positivity that came out of it on the other side and, um, some learnings from your end. So were you always, um, did you start your career at Northwestern Mutual? I started my financial career at Northwestern Mutual. I did early on the uh, restaurant work, you know, uh, building everything up, but I started my financial career there, introduced to incredible learnings, and I was just hooked. It was truly that I needed to figure out how to take care of myself financially to survive um, and understanding how to do that for myself and then being able to do that for others. It was just incredible. I, I believe in therapy, of course, and I love yoga and meditation, but all of that could not do for me what understanding how to take care of myself financially did. It it changed my life. Absolutely. I think that understanding your finances and getting all of your your money in a great place is the the best form of self-care. It all starts, like you said, with there's therapy and there's all of the, um, I think materialistic self-care, like the bubble baths and the face masks. But when you can be confident in your financial situation and in your money, there is just so much to be said for that. So what, yeah, what interested you in, in making that stuff? You said you kind of started in more of the service industry and eventually got into Northwestern Mutual and the financial. And I know that um, your personal situation led to that, but what kind of made that decision for you to to make that first step into the financial services industry? Yeah, it, it was, you know, I was a sponge and, you know, this, this world can be a big and sometimes scary place. And for me, understanding the currency of how to take care of myself in that way, um, it was not only important, but it was a must. You know, I, I had no parachute essentially past that. So that truly that desire of understanding how to take care of myself, not only today, but 5, 10, 15 years from now, um, that was such a motivating driver. And then getting into the career and having exposure to that level of training, financial training from Northwestern Mutual, I, I am fortunate to be exposed to what I consider to be the best training in the industry at Northwestern Mutual. And I just spent those early years just building up my knowledge 
Um, and it really uh, was such an incredible and enlightening place to be, again, to create that security for myself, but then learning how to create that security for others and truly being one of my peers. You know, I have all the same fears and anxieties when it comes to finance that everyone else has, but understanding how to take that anxiety and empower it through education and financial planning. Again, it was just an incredible game changer. It it was um, incredibly enlightening. So where did you turn to to get that knowledge and expertise prior to Northwestern Mutual? Like when you were on your own financial journey and trying to understand that? Um, I know when I first got into my career, it wasn't always as prevalent to find that information. I think now there's so many websites and podcasts and places that you can gather information, but um, even five, 10 years ago, I don't think it was as much of a conversation as it is now. Yeah. You know, I did the same thing that we all do, which is ask some of your friends and try and read. Um, but in all honesty, that created a little bit more overwhelm for me. And I think, you know, even to this day with all this information that we all have, it can also be information overload that can also create a level of anxiety. And I think when I got to Northwestern and I got to understand that we're not cookie cutter. We all have our own individual roadmaps and plans and numbers and things we're trying to accomplish. And someone might be trying to buy a house and someone else might just be trying to build up their emergency fund. And all of that is okay, but we all have our own paths to get there, our own roadmaps, our own financial plans. So I I did what I think we all do to answer your question, which was ask around, but I can't say that that necessarily gave me peace of mind. It was understanding how to actually create a financial plan again for myself and then for others that gave me the actual peace of mind that I think we're all searching for. Awesome. And then, so when you joined Northwestern, walk me through kind of what that initial role was and what that progression has looked like. Yeah. So uh, as you can imagine, as I've alluded to, I was just a sponge, right? I was just, it was all about learning. Um, it was really important to me to become one of the smartest people in the room. Uh, so early on learning, absorbing everything that was around me, um, certainly focused on, uh, just integrating right in, in the industry. That was the focus early on. And that transitioned over time, of course, um, focus has still been to continue to learn, but focus has shifted over time. Awesome. And I wanted to bring you on today to kind of dive into that topic of breaking into predominantly male-dominated industries because financial services has historically been known as a male-dominated industry. And I think you had such a driver and a personal reason to kind of get into there, but what advice would you give for someone who's maybe considering getting into the industry, but is maybe a little hesitant? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, unfortunately, there's no simple answer to why this, the industry has been and predominantly still is male dominated. Um, I think there's, there's factors that we can point to for this lack of diversity, you know, women in, financial careers, we often juggle juggle not only work, but financial responsibilities, which can be overwhelming. Um, The financial industry is very competitive. And I think as women, we can underestimate our own capabilities and qualifications. Um, What's interesting is I can share at Northwestern Mutual, I was able to start my family, uh, take maternity leave, you know, raise a brand new human and have my career. 
And ironically, I had the best year of my career, the year I had my daughter. And I feel like if you're supported by professional development, comprehensive benefits and includes the inclusive culture, not only can you survive, but you can thrive and we can start to change that narrative. Um, so based on all that, I see the industry growing in the financial space. Once women can see that there are actual environments that support true work-life balance, um, which hopefully means we can start to change the ratio there and get more and more women in the financial space. Absolutely. I actually started my career in accounting. I have my master's in accounting and I started in a big four professional services firm and um, audit. And it never really crossed my mind that it was predominantly male. It was just, those were my ambitions and that's what I wanted to go after. And I've had such a great experience in it. So I think to your point, women can have a great great career and success, especially when you're supported. That's amazing that you are able to have the best year of your career um, and also have this major life milestone. That's not an easy feat. I have a three-year-old son at home. So that anything, if you can accomplish anything in those first few years, it's a win. (laughs) Growing a human and maintaining great (laughs) professional life, incredible. Absolutely. So have you faced any resistance or hesitation in your career in financial services? Like if someone's already started in the field and maybe is facing any kind of setbacks or challenges, what personal experience could you share? Yeah. Um, I think like you mentioned, you know, I didn't necessarily realize it was a male dominated space, what I wanted to do. And then looking around as time went on, um, I have noticed that as well. Um, you know, an interesting stat, just to, to preface this, in 1940, 90% of women fit into 11 jobs of the 451 job types, and we couldn't own a credit card until, you know, 1974. So when you ask that question, for me, I think about all of the challenges of the women that came before me, um, who got us to this space where we have these opportunities I think of myself working hard for my daughter's generation for all the opportunities that will come for her. Um, we work so hard to to get to this place, to create this hard-earned power. And if we don't necessarily understand our finances, we'll give that power back. So my challenge was my own financial illiteracy, right? I, I, am, I, I, I am my peer. I had to learn and educate and partner with Northwestern Mutual in order to get to the space of financial empowerment and financial knowledge. But I knew I could overcome that obstacle, become one of the smartest people in the room, right? Really understand what to do with my finance um, with the right type of training. And I believe that um, as I lived it for myself, but I believe that for the generations to come as well. Every time I hear statistics like that, I'm awestruck. I've heard them before and it always just blows my mind. Um, because it's also women couldn't have their own bank accounts until I believe it was the 70s. So that's in our parents' lifetime that they encountered these challenges. So it's it's really amazing to see how far we've come, but obviously there's still so far to go. Um, how did you go about your own financial empowerment journey? What steps did you take to become literate in um, your finances and have that confidence? Yeah, I I think um, I I started where we all do, I believe, where we ask around and ask our friends, like we talked about, right? 
And, and like I mentioned, that just wasn't enough for me. I wanted to understand how to exactly get there, right? How to exactly reach my goals. And partnering with Northwestern Mutual really empowered me to understand the roadmap, the plan. We all have, you know, you have a number, I have a number. We all have a number that we need to save today, for example, to get to the goal of buying a house or retiring when we want to retire or whatever it is, right? Um, I like to make the joke that whether you want your hard-earned dollars to buy you a million puppies or to retire you early, that's great. They're your hard-earned dollars. They can serve you in whatever way you see fit, but we have to understand the path to get there. And that is the difference between, you know, asking a friend and having an actual financial roadmap and plan. So for me, it was really understanding that. And that's then what I, you know, do for my clients today is we understand what their goals are and how to actually get there with the dollars that they have. And I think that is incredibly empowering. What advice would you give for someone who's maybe at ground zero and doesn't even know where to start with that financial plan? What is that first step that somebody can take to begin to understand their finances? Uh, You know, I think it starts with having that conversation with yourself. It's really hard to know where you're going if you don't know where you are. So starting with, what do I want? What is my vision? And it's okay if I don't know what I want, you know, 25 years from now. But let's start with what do I want in the next year, the next 12 months. Let's build upon that. What do I want in the next three years? Can I think midterm? You know, if I had a crystal ball, not that I do, but if I were to shake it, right, what would that look like four to 10 years from now? Can I actually look a little bit past that? So continuing to expand your timeline of what you want, giving yourself permission for that timeline to change, right? We do not create financial plans where we just make them and they sit on a shelf and they collect dust. That's not life. That's not real, right? But starting to ask ourselves the questions and give ourselves the permission to ask ourselves the questions. What do I want? That is the starting place. And I truly mean it. If what you want is to buy a million puppies or to retire early or to buy that house or to take care of your family, asking yourself these questions without judgment They're your hard-earned dollars. They're not my hard-earned dollars. They're yours. What do you want them to do, right? That's step one. But then taking that information and actually putting it into an actionable financial plan, and that's where professionals like myself come into play, right? Okay, this is what you want. What are the reasonable, actionable steps to get there, right? That's how we can start to create forward momentum with, with the starting point of what do I actually want? And I imagine that's challenging for some people to start. I think there's this tendency that people don't want to check their bank accounts or they don't want to have a budget because they'd rather just not know. I've heard that a lot. I think it's referred to as like the ostrich effect, like just stick your head in the sand and and not face it. But while that can be be challenging um, to face it, especially if you're not where you want to be and you're not on track for your goals, or maybe you don't even know what those goals are, to your point, you need to understand where you want to go. Um, it's so important to have those initial difficult conversations maybe with yourself or with your partner to understand where we are now so we can get where we want to go. Yeah. And taking in bite-sized pieces, right? Maybe we remove some of that overwhelm with what do I want six months from now? What do I want a year from now? And building upon that as much as you're comfortable. But I think it's also 
doing that to your point, because it can be hard for some folks, there is no judgment for anything you want or where you are today. It's just a conversation to explore how to get there, right? And that's the beauty of math. One plus one will always equal two. We can absolutely create a roadmap of how to get where you want, but we have to start with those tough conversations with ourselves. Absolutely. So that's something that you do with your clients is to kind of create that financial plan and that financial confidence. And I'm sure having that in your own personal life is a big reason for your success and for your ability to empower others and grow in your career. What role would you say that financial confidence and education plays into the bigger part of finding success in a male-dominated industry? I think the way that women and men approach work in their careers is often different. So was there a shift for you once that you felt that empowerment in your own personal life and when it relates to your career? So first of all, it, understanding my own finance changed my whole world. You know, it, it gave me the confidence and empowerment to sit in any room and, and talk to anyone and, um, and not feel intimidated by the conversation. Um, when I got into, you know, deeply into financial planning for others, um, you know, I built an all-female firm that I'm incredibly proud of, a firm that represents the world that we actually live in. So, um, you know, represented by Mexican women, Asian women, LGBTQT, uh, military wives. It's, it's a uh, my, the firm that I built is, is truly a reflection of that. And, and the reason for that is, um, when I looked at financial plans, uh, not all of them, uh, were built representing us as women, uh, potentially not how long we live considering, uh, our longevity is a bit longer, our cost of healthcare, um, our specific factors. So it became a mission for me, right. Uh, to make sure that if a financial plan is delivered, um, specifically to a woman, it was so she didn't outlive her dollars. It was so that she was set up for true success, not some cookie cutter model that wasn't actually relative to her. Um, so understanding your, me understanding my finance was a game changer, but then understanding how to make sure that women understood how to financially, truly financially plan for themselves. So they did not outlive their hard earned dollars. It's why I wake up every day. It's why I think I was put on this planet. That's amazing. Tell me more about that process to build an all woman firm. Was that intentional or was that something that just naturally happened? Yeah. Uh, thank you. I'm very, very, very incredibly proud of that. Um, yeah, you know, uh, as I got into the industry, I saw, uh, how women were not necessarily planned for. And because the the, the industry is pre predominantly male, uh, driven, you know, there are just certain assumptions that are put into financial plans that don't actually have to do with, you know, almost half the population. Right. So, um, it became really important to me to make sure that I was planning for myself and for other females. Um, fast forward time, building out an all-female team, it was truly, truly, truly important to me to actually represent the world we live in, um, not an antiquated world. So uh, it's an incredible, uh, I'm incredibly proud of the firm that I built. Um, and, and part of my definition of success today is 
that, what I've built, creating an incredible environment for my employees um, who are just some of the most incredible people on the planet and continue to move that mission forward of planning for us too. So do you primarily serve female clients or what is that relationship like with your, your clients? Because as someone myself who likes to support um, female driven and female led businesses, like do you primarily attract females to your, your firm or is it a mix of partners and spouses? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, so uh, having built a nationally recognized all-female firm at this uh, point, we do primarily serve women. Um, we will certainly talk to a male if he's introduced by, you know, a female, but our focus is empowering women, is planning for women. Um, we want to be a safe place for women and the considerations are different, right? The reality is, again, based on our longevity, based on our cost of healthcare, based on the pay gap, right? All the things that we have to take into consideration, there are very specific, uh, very specific planning uh, thoughts that need to be put forward for women. So it is an area that we focus and specialize in and are very, very proud to do so. What are some of the ways that you account for some of those differences? Like you said, the, the first thing that comes to mind is that women tend to live longer, but like you mentioned, the pay gap and, and what that that trajectory of someone's salary may look like over their career. So how do you factor that into your financial planning? Yeah. So um, the unfortunate reality is, is we work the first two to three months of the year for free, right? Based on the pay gap um, and where we have control in terms of finance uh, is making sure we understand and empowered and actually take action with our financial plans so statistically, right, women tend to be more risk averse. We're, we are risk aware, but we can also be more risk averse. Statistically, we will hold more money in cash just because of the disconnect with financial advice, right, um, that we necessarily trust, right, and having those resources. So really understanding how to invest our dollars and feel confident behind investing our dollars is a major way we can start to close that gap rather than compound the issue, right? When it comes to the cost of care, considering we do live longer, um, looking into things like long-term care and making sure that if we build up these beautiful nest eggs, right, for retirement, money that we know we can live off of and that sort of thing, are we going to then deplete it because we didn't plan for what could potentially be a long-term care situation? Do we have that type of planning in place? So making sure we're exploring how to not only build the plan, get the right, you know, planning in place um, in that sense, but beyond that, protect the plan. These are conversations that all of us should be having, male or female, um, but it, from a female perspective, it becomes even more important just based off our longevity. Absolutely. You touched on something because I, myself, I know I'm very risk averse, but a couple of years ago, I started getting into investing and it scared me because I didn't know about it. And that was the biggest thing. It wasn't that I didn't believe in it or trust it. It was that I, I didn't know and I didn't have that information. So I had to take baby steps. So I always had a 401k because everyone's like, you have a 401k, put money in that. But what is it like to open a brokerage account? Just start that process. So what would you say to someone who is hesitant to, to start investing and maybe thinking differently about their money just because the lack of knowledge or they're scared? How can someone start to feel more confident? 
Well, let's just start at the baseline there. We have to remove judgment from this conversation. I mean, when do we ever talk about this stuff? When do we talk about investing? As far as I know, we're not, we didn't learn about it in, in high school, right? Um, these are not conversations that we tend to have day to day or previously, yet somehow we just expect ourselves to know. It's kind of like judging yourself for not knowing how to fly an airplane, which seems, you know, somewhat complicated, right? Um, we, we shouldn't judge ourselves if we don't know how to fly an airplane, if we were never trained on how to fly an airplane, right? Um, yet for some reason with finance, there's a high level of uh, negative self-talk and judgment towards ourselves, especially as women for not knowing. But I just want to start with we don't know what we don't know, right? It's important to get educated on it. So removing the judgment, I believe, is step one in the equation. Past that, there is information overload to a degree, right? You can read one article and then you can read another article and they may not necessarily line up. I think what, what it comes back to is understanding what you want, right? You are a specific individual. You are not cookie cutter. You're not a number. You have specific wants and goals and needs and your goals might be different than my goals, and that is perfectly fine, right? So understanding what our goals are and then backing into the math of how to get there. So with that, having someone like myself who can literally show you the roadmap and a plan, you want to purchase this house? Well, I can help give you the timeline of when you can purchase that house and you can still maintain all the things you enjoy in life today, like travel or going out to dinner or whatever it is. Here's how we financially accomplish that, right? So to answer your question in a long-winded way, one, it's starting from a judgment-free place, right? It's okay that we don't know how to do a very complicated thing, which is finance, but we need to engage the professionals that do, right? So they can help give us the roadmap and the plan so that if we go and open, as you said, you know, a brokerage account or a 401k account or anything else, if we go and use these accounts, we're using them from an empowered place meaning we're not just shoving dollars in them, but we get the results we want to get out of them, right? Because ultimately everything in finance should, should serve a purpose and that purpose should be tied back to your vision, what you want out of life. I wish I had that advice a couple years ago to take that judgment out. If I had your voice in my head telling me that, I I was like, I feel like I'm in a therapy session of like <laughs> therapy for money because that's, it's so true. It's, you don't know how to do these hard things. And I think it's not as hard as once you get into it and start to understand it, it's not as hard as maybe we build it up to be. But like you said, that we don't talk about these things. No one told us in school, maybe in college, but like if your family didn't come from a place where you talked about these things or invested or your friends don't have these conversations, how would you know how, how to start investing or what to do with your money? It's still... I think it's becoming less of a taboo topic, but it's still a very taboo topic to talk about. I don't think we're we're going out to dinner with our friends and saying, "Hey, tell me about your 401k and how is your brokerage account performing?" That's not that's not something I think women typically talk about and maybe even men. It's just it is such a taboo topic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree and 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 just to add on to that, if we were having the conversations that were more specific and individualized versus general, you know, one person might put 1% into their 401k and another person might put another percentage into their 401k. And that's how it should be, right? Because we all are trying to get to different places likely. So if we start to plan very specifically uh, based off of us and what we want and our timeline and our goals, 
we can remove a lot of the fear and the judgment and anything like that and just get to planning for ourselves, making our hard-earned dollars work hard for us. Absolutely. So what are you excited about in your career and the future of your firm as you continue to to build out this all-women firm and continue to empower women with their finances? Yeah, I am excited to continue to see more and more women get into the financial space. I feel incredibly blessed to have partnered with a company like Northwestern Mutual that gave me all of the education and building blocks to be in this position of empowerment. So I'm excited to see that tide continue to grow. Um, I'm excited to, to be, have the opportunity to continue to empower more and more women to take control of finance. Um, you know, the, the stats are going in the direction where we're going to own more and more of the dollar in our, in our country and therefore understanding having that empowerment rather than the fear uh, of how to have these dollars truly, truly, truly work for us, do the things we want them to do. I think that's an exciting space to be in. And, you know, I've, I have a 16-month-old daughter, um, and I'm so excited to be helping to shape the world that she'll inherit, where these conversations will be more and more normalized, um, where we will be at the dinner table and talking about our finance, and it won't be as much of a taboo subject, um, seeing her evolve um, in, into leadership positions and help grow those numbers. I'm so excited to see the evolution of women um, in the financial space. And I think that conversations like this, um, the work that we do are, are only helping to move that, that movement forward. So I'm excited for what the future will bring. That's amazing. And I'm sure having your daughter as a part of the equation just gives you a whole nother meaning and elevates the work that you're doing and just how important it is. If someone wants to get started in the financial services industry, whether they're coming out of college, in college, figuring out a major, or maybe they're already started a career and are looking to get into the industry, where would you recommend they start? Yeah, uh, I happen to uh, love my path. So I will say this, you know, finding a great partner like Northwestern Mutual, um, I think having the right partner shapes the experience. Um, and I'm so thankful for mine. So certainly looking into um, whether it's internships or uh, starting off at a place like Northwestern Mutual, I think puts you ahead of the game. Uh, with that, uh, looking for individuals like myself who are examples in their career of what success can look like, um, you know, reaching out to folks like us and, and making sure that if there's resources that we can help share, we certainly will. Um, and uh, it just getting your, getting your foot in the door in that sense of having these conversations and having these conversations in your own life is always a great place to start. Absolutely. So where can people find you, learn more about you, connect with you if they're interested? Yeah. Um, uh, Ashley uh, Russo at Northwestern Mutual. You can find me there. You can find me on LinkNet. Um, and I'm certainly happy to be a resource. I, I hope uh, it comes across. I absolutely love what I do. I, I feel so thankful um, for the opportunity that I that I have uh, with Northwestern Mutual. And I, I hope that everyone gets, if they want to, the opportunity to experience this. Um, it's, it's truly amazing to feel empowered uh, by the currency that exists in our everyday life. So certainly here's a resource. Awesome. I'll be sure to include those in the show notes and all of your, your links so everyone can get in touch with you. But thank you so much for this conversation. It was, it was amazing. And I'm really excited to, to share this with our audience. Uh, well, thank you for what you do. I'm so happy to know you and, you know, cheers to us for helping make the world more.
peaceful place. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're enjoying these conversations, please consider leaving a rating and review wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really does mean the world to me, like I said at the beginning. I feel every single one of your your comments and likes and reviews. So please, if you're enjoying these conversations, that would make my day if these conversations made yours. Um, I'm excited to be back next week with a solo episode. I'll be diving into all of the lessons that I learned during the first 10 years of my career. So tune in for that. But if you want to connect in the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at the first 10 years podcast or my personal Instagram at Danielle Doolin. You can reach out with any comments or if you're looking for career advice via email at the first 10 years podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye.